Welcome back to Ebology. I am your, uh, you know, tiredish perfecter, but you know, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm tired as fuck. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've been uh, running and biking and doing all those you things, did, yeah. man. You were uh, trying you, to get back into old, old Ethan shape. Good for you. Yeah. I was at a, I was at a wedding this, this past weekend and two ceremonies, one Indian and one Christian. And I got to tell you, man, Indian formal wear, I was telling you before we started recording, they have it right. No blazers, no ties, no bow tie bullshit. One layer, maybe a scarf if you're a baller. Guess who had a scarf? <laughs> this guy. Um, and yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. And it was glad that I wore that because it was like 90 fucking degrees outside. It was outside. Oh, it was all outside. Whole thing. Oh, that's Both awful. ceremonies all day. It was like we were up for maybe 24 hours because I, I got up at like six. Yeah, to get our, like we I had to get there at like eight thirty. First thing started at like ten, then the other one started at like two. What and the then dinner, fuck? then dancing, then after party. It was a lot, man. It's a lot of work, but it was it was a really good time, man. I I need to I want to wear like Indian formal wear for every for everything like business meetings. Fuck it, Kurta, easy. Yeah, you with just the scarf slap that sucker on there. Oh, dude, and you look so sleek, so svelte, even. It's 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 better. It's just a better way to dress. On, it's like uh, that. Um, this I don't even want to call it a suit, but it's like what I had to wear to my friend's African wedding. Uh, yeah, I'm at a kind it's of very similar, just like sort of dress pants, and then like a zip up, like long sleeve, yes. but like thin, yes, kind almost of skirtish. Not, yeah. But yeah, right, right. But it, and and the pants basically pajama pants. It's yeah. drawstring at the belly button. Like it, it, it was. It felt great. That sounds pretty sick. It was pretty sick. I was much more comfortable, and everyone changed into a suit for the was second. Uh, one of them was. <laughs> one of them was not. Uh, one of them actually was very itchy. <laughs> but for the second one, everyone changed into suit and tie for the Christmas ceremony. I'm like, nah, baby, scarf. And everyone's like, damn it, that sounds right. It's like three thirty, ninety five thousand degrees outside, and everyone's sweating their ass off, and I'm over here just chilling, in straight a scarf? in a scarf, baby. No tie, just scarf. Fair enough. It's scientifically more important and and just better all around. It's easy breezier. Easy and breezier. But speaking of scientific, uh, like that segue? I like it too. He's back. He's back, baby. We're back. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the second season of a very, very critically acclaimed first season show, Dr. Stone. And critically acclaimed by us. By us as well. So the true professors, right? The ones who, whose ratings matter and are always accurate, of always course. on point. No, I don't think I've ever gotten a question wrong on anything. Nope, no subjectivity here. Don't true, objective fact in the lab. But season two of Doctor Stone kind of an interesting pivot. They went in a direction I did not expect. And well, at, yeah, you had to have expected it. A oh, little I guess bit, we, right? I guess we did. Stone Wars, right? We knew that was coming. We knew basically it was just to be this heated conflict for the entire second season, but it felt like it had less science, but more heart in the way I describe it. Yeah, I would say this was a more of a clash of philosophies than it was like, let's do fun science experiments. Like, yeah, like I, I guess basically it was save Ruri's life in the first season, right? That yeah, was the most important. Right. And like build up and save this Ishigami village. Mm -hmm. And then second season, it was like, 
get back to like where we started essentially pretty much yeah and but that's there's a couple implications and uh end results for having this pivot the central conflict or the overcoming hurdle of the first season was the draw of the show as a whole right right use science as your power system information is king they didn't necessarily go away from that in season two information was still king in a much more literal sense but it was i don't know it felt like it got away from what drew people into the show initially it moved away from that in in a way that i guess you and i were kind of talking like it was a little less engaging in the first season at least maybe now it didn't have what we wanted right yeah i so first off super spoilers season two like all of it okay yeah um, and then obviously, if you haven't seen season one, then why are you listening to oh, yeah. a uh, review about season two? Go, you... We have a season one episode. Go listen to that and yeah. come on back. You're still in the lab. It's no big deal. It's fine. <laughs> right? It's easy. Easy peasy. Um, but anywho, um, I think it's the way they decided to, quote unquote, essentially trick them. Yeah. Like, like trick the dummies. That was their main plan for like 90% of this season. And, and it made, it wasn't a bad plan. If anything, it was. It was a smart play. It's kind of fucking dumb. In what way? What? Why do you think it's dumb? Like, the only... Well, I'll tell you exactly why I think it's dumb. Okay. Because Sukas is apparently a super genius and literally knows everything. Yeah, that was... They made him... Like, when, too smart. He's too smart, right? But as the antagonist of Senku, as the main, you know, opposing force... To fight fire with fire, you have to kind of elevate him out of nowhere, mentally, intelligently. And you're right. It felt very out of place that he went from, he's supposed to be the the Empire of Might's king, right? right? And also somehow kind of like the a, a boy that is a smart second only to Senku out of nowhere. So here's how I think they fix that, right? Like, I think they combine some of Ukyo's skills, like his sonar hearing and maybe yeah. just like really good instincts. Like, say he could just tell when somebody's lying, right? Yeah, that's a, I didn't think about that because they have all these kind of new introductory characters, right? And but uh, Sukasa basically wakes up the people he knows that would be you know useful to him. Which weird as hell, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get that in a second. But as a counterpoint to that, would giving him all the skills of these individuals not kind of have the same effect as somehow? Our nowhere making him as intelligent as he was made to be in the second season. I so he I already think, seems too perfect. No, no, no. I right. know, but I think it it feels more realistic that he's he's like honed his weird senses and stuff like that over years and years of fighting than it would yeah. be for a cage fighter to also know about nitroglycerin and nitric acid, like all this random stuff, right? That's that's a good point, because I'm saying oh, like... Oh, they're obviously going to use a steam engine. What are you talking that about? That seems like a pretty strange I logical it, leap. I literally knew it was going to happen, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is this guy talking about? Yeah, that that's kind of a negative, that they had to make him... But to the end... Okay, he's to, clairvoyant. He is clairvoyant, but that's bad. I, I think it was all in service to make us kind of feel sympathetic for him at the end of the season, in the way that the the story made us want, right? But in doing that, you made this very unrealistic character. Uh, where season one, he was a badass. He had a philosophy. He had the power to kind of enact on it and execute it, at least to some degree. But then season two, they kept pushing the boundary of who this man as Tsukasa is, 
And you're kind of right. They've made him too perfect. He's too good of a boy. He's too good. Someone like him wouldn't exist, even though Senku. He's just so flip. Like, yeah, we'll have many minutes to talk about him at the end. But yeah. I feel like he's just so freaking flip floppy. And like he keeps saying, well, my my goal is still the same. But it's like, no, it isn't. Not really anymore. Right. His right? goals like, definitely changed by the end of the season. And so I think we should leave him till the end because that's kind of like really becomes a culmination of the whole season. And he's worth the dissection. But you're right. Where we are at the beginning of the season is war has been declared in season one. We knew we had a limited time frame, the, the Kingdom of Science and Senku's crew, to basically get back to the cave where the, uh, what is it called? What's the actual? Um, it's nitric chem- acid. Nitric but acid. They're just calling it miracle water. Miracle water, right. But this nitric acid can unpetrify people. So he who controls the cave in every sense, kind of controls the world as it goes forward, right? Save the cave, save the world. Save the cave, save the world, baby. Some hero shit. And (laughs) it is. And and that's that's kind of the... I I did like that they had a very singular mission. It was very clear. It was cut. It was clean. Get to the cave. Control the cave. But don't kill anybody. This is a bloodless stone war, according to Senku and the promises that he had to make. Um, Well, he was going to do that anyway. He had said that before. But then uh, he was like throughout the season trying to steal people onto his side from Sukasa's army, which I wouldn't think would be that difficult considering like some of the leisures and like good things he can offer. The yeah, other boy, side. we got ramen, cotton candy, and penicillin. Like, yeah. it <laughs> seems like this is the better side to be on. It really is. I have a fucking tank with carbon shielding. <laughs> yeah. What do you have? Oh, that's right, a cave. A spear, a spear made out of a rock, a right, sharp rock. Right. So I mean, yeah, I, I like I like the setup. The setup for this season was pretty good, but the the focus wasn't on the science, and it's about right now we got to bring it up. There's not kind of it bookends with scientific advancement, but the core crux of this season. Put yourself, you know, we all know the shoes of the viewers that are listening right now. You watch season one, you're all about that science, very interesting hook, very unique kind of show, and you come back for season two and you want more of that to be more elevated versions of the science, different twists and subversions, and then you didn't really get that. You had a human conflict. You didn't have scientific things that were overcome. You did kind of, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's tough because like, what I want is basically a survival show, but like... right. I don't think that that's probably necessarily intriguing to the rest of the world, like universally, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, uh, use science to survive. I don't think everyone else would like that, but sure, it's probably it, more widely appealing to have like a human conflict. And I think that's what the season served to kind of make the show, show more robust as a whole, right. which is fine. And I see what they did. And I think they pulled it off pretty well. It just wasn't what I personally, me, the professor, wanted, right? Well, I actually think it was a huge slap in the face to a lot of ideologies, which I loved. It's oh, just interesting. Like a, like a huge middle finger is the way I saw it to like either people that thought like only the elite should survive or other people that said basically to save this planet, we need to get rid of humans. Like, you know, whereas Senku is the direct foil to that saying, no, if you have more humans there to help each other, like come up with a new solution to a problem. 
That yeah. is the ultimate superior option. Right. And so I, it was like, I just felt like I loved it. I was like just grinning there. I'm like, yeah, get them fucking Sinku. Get them, dude. Because those people exist that have these like absolutely dumb, dumb ideas of how to save the world. True. And I think it's it's kind of, it. I don't know if it meant to do this or will to explore this more explicitly in the future, but there is almost this adherence to science in this show as a philosophy thanks to season two that can be bordering if not kind of living in fanaticism putting any one system of belief be it religion science or otherwise like exalted above all others you are kind of out of whack you're out of kilter like to to have other systems of beliefs you know at least given its time and day then you kind of have this more holistic view of the world. Whereas whether one side won or the other side did, it's saying that there is one true soul belief that works for the world, which that is more of a dangerous game, right? Well, uh, what science, what can science not do is what I want them to talk about. Here's what I'll say. I don't think that that's actually what Sinku's after at all. No, but uh, because he's very, I think very clearly shown that he has to rely on all these people to get this stuff done. And it's a sense of community that he's really looking for. Yeah. And he's saying is what's necessary to revive this world, right? He needs Taiju to do all the tasks that his frail ass body can't do. He's a thin, he's a thin boy. You yeah, know? And yeah. then, you know, his conversation with Sukasa at the end, who would you take with you? You know, if you had to go on a rocket ship. Yeah. And he wasn't, you know, included. That's exactly what, you know, this show is about, right? Setting people up to be able to do it themselves and to also be like smart and ingenuity yes. driven. And I think that my commentary on that meta meta commentary on innovative in the innovative yes um what's that guy's name from apple uh steve jobs tim cook oh john ivy yeah yeah in innovative touch uh i think he's a new innovative purple is he working for aston martin now something like that he works for a car company now but in any case wouldn't surprise me yeah right uh this show the meta narrative is the reliance on one one <laughs> system so of belief i don't care one system of belief could be dangerous but <laughs> the way the season ends up senku kind of had a direct counter to that cuz he sees sukasa he sees him he's meeting him where he is but still says we can't get this done without the science man we we just can't do it i know there's a world you foresee back before the petrifying that sucked in your view, but that doesn't mean like science and a better world can coexist. And I think that's what Senku's getting at is we can use science as a tool, but we can reshape the world as you saw it in the way that you want more caring and collaborative. And that's Senku's whole thing because Tsukasa was, he hated the world because of its hierarchy. He hated it because of people being I don't know, from uh, technical terms, shitheads. Like, I was going to say shitty. Yeah, yeah, shitty, right. So, But that's what Senku's saying. Like, you yeah, can have I mean, both. You can have a reform while still using science. Like, one did not beget the other. Humans did, not the science, right? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of view it as Senku saying, like, that isn't my, that's not my area of expertise, but I want to be able to bring all this stuff back to the world and let humans decide. Like, that's the choice. You know, but the fact that there isn't these things that we've accomplished over these long millennia of humanity, right, 
and I can bring that back. We can bring that back. You yeah, know? and to leave it to the wayside yeah. in the way that you want is a disservice to all of the work that came before exactly. us. Exactly. Right? So he's not. Yeah, he's that's exactly. He's like you. We can have a different mentality about things, but the way we execute it is science. Don't know what else to tell you, buddy. Like, remember there was a scene near the end where they've got the dynamite, and they're you know he's talking about uh, Noble who came up with it. Yeah. You know he's like well. You know, did do you think he meant this to become a weapon or a tool? And he's like, I don't think he really cared because he was able to use all the money that he got from that and create this science award mm-hmm. that further science for generations to come. And that's still the Nobel Prize. Right. And to a scientist, advancement's advancement. How right. it's utilized in society is more beyond them. The advancement happened. That's important. I mean, there's there's word saying that, you know, the guys who came up with the atomic bomb didn't necessarily know that they were going to use it on people. Right. And when they when they saw what their advancement begot, like the destruction, the I am I am death destroyer of worlds. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, like literally in so much awe at what you did. I think that's Oppenheimer. Yeah. He's like basically in so many words. Oh, shit. He's like, oops. <laughs> yeah. G dang did not mean for I was looking for an energy source, but people used it for a bomb. So I mean, that's maybe where Senku and Sukasa kind of didn't quite see eye to eye. Is Senku sees science as advancement, but Sukasa was so hung up on its societal result, right? And he didn't want that back. So this was a battle between those two things. But well, I think they did a decent job of showing why he felt that way too, because his parents were just complete shit. Flags. Yeah, they're actual and, shit like bags. he was just forced to fight from such a young age because that's the only way he could make money. Right. So like, right. okay, but you know, he also hasn't really experienced much of the world. It seemed like so. It it's just seems very, like very narrow mindedness. I mean, there's a lot yeah. to talk about him, and once again, we'll get there. Later, we'll get there. But it's just like he—he's just such a baffling character to me, utterly befuddling. Yeah, and I—I kind of wanted before we brought him up. Bring up the great trick in this in this season, where basically Senku said he's going to make a cell phone. Holy shit, did, he kind of did, and like they when he did do that, its application was a bit baffling, and I kind of sat with whether I actually liked that or not. He used the cell phone in his own fake grave at Sukasa's campsite, had it buried there so people can hear. The voice of a, I forgot her name, but I'm like Lillian Weinberg. Lillian, that's it. And like basically saying, America's good to go. The world is unpetrified. We probably are, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, number one baby to the moon. Um, and like, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know if I like that or not. Like that. Well, that's that's what I was saying. Is I didn't like that at all. I thought like, yes, it could. It had a slight chance of working, right? Because I do like obviously. If you're just some random citizen of Japan or really any country and they say, oh, a big great power is back up and running and they're sending over battleships, like, you're instantly going to be like, okay. Right. Like, that doesn't sound so crazy. And if you like, say this happened in here and they said, oh, China's coming, they're going to come help, you know? Dope. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. Yeah. But but, But then I'd be like, yeah, okay. I guess I believe it. Two things, maybe three, but first and foremost, them being in the empire of might no tech to speak of and out of nowhere you have this like communication device 
that in and of itself to me tracks because that adds the legitimacy. Why the fuck would that even be here if a great power wasn't up and running, right? Yeah. But also why would it be there at all? That they are not they haven't come yet. This is not American tech. This yeah. isn't like <laughs> other this isn't like a great power tech. It's just there. No, no, no. So they were saying that Senku had built a radio transceiver and just happened to pick up US that's right. Airways. Oh, okay. That's right. That's that right. That was their like story. Mm-hmm. And then Sukasa's like, "Hey guys, I'm a I'm a freaking doctor f- physicist, so I know yeah. no 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 they're not <laughs> couldn't possibly reach." It's like, okay, dude. Cheesy. How do you know this isn't five G, bro? Yeah, dude. This is the future in the stone world, but five G exists. Duh. Crazy. Two the the very the very fact like not just the technology, but how other way would you be able to va- like validate that? You know, there you can be skeptical as you want to, but facts are facts. You just heard a radio transmission telling you in English that someone that you think you've heard this voice before. I'd be like, Bruno Mars here. America's cool. We're coming to help. Holy shit, that's Bruno Mars. All right, cool. Who the fuck is Bruno Mars? <laughs> is probably what they're thinking. Who the, who the fuck is Bruno Mars? But yeah, so I mean, there would be no way to check. And I'm wondering if that lack of, you know, fact checking, I guess that just goes into number three. Well, these people are just that hopeful, right? That the world so can I go think back. There would, be, there would be hope, like definitely on Sinku's side here. These, these guys aren't smart. They're supposed to be the big burly, you know, pretty dumb. Type. Pretty dumb, yeah. Right, but then the problem is you have Sukasas, who's a super genius and knows that it's impossible. <laughs> so it's like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it right. Just, it seems like such a low percentage play, and then they unfortunately even went as far as to say, if you had Hay- Hayuga and Sukasa, they could take out literally everyone there. Right. So it's like, unless you get rid of one of those two, you're screwed from at any point. Until like dumb stuff happens at the end. Yeah, the the strategies here really only they fell apart if either of those two individuals had more of an active role. And if you noticed, they weren't really that active throughout this entire conflict. They captured Chrome, and that's it. Hey, you got when you're a king, you gotta chill. You gotta chill when you're that's a king. What I you got from from K <laughs> Project yeah. K or whatever. Oh God, I miss. We gotta do an episode on that one. I love that show. Um, I'm rewatching it right now. It's pretty good. Um, but uh, all things considered, I found it weird that they did not take a more active role. Even Yoga or whatever his name is uh, should have been more active in all of this. But they seem to be pretty laid back for them being like knowing they're in a war. Right, the only obstacle in the entire world to stop them from reimagining a world as they see it, and they kind of just chill. That doesn't seem realistic for a super genius like Tsukasa to pull off, right? You would think he would have struck in early. I don't know. Well, I mean, he really did have a good plan, right? Like anti-vehicle traps. Wasn't bad, yeah. And like leave Chrome as a... uh, Kind of bait. As bait. What he couldn't have possibly understood is that Chrome was going to be like... Kind of a G. Actually smart. Yeah, right. Use like actual science to his advantage. Because, you know... How do you escape again? Um, he basically used... He used salt water. Yeah. Sweat. Hydroxychlorate or something. He yeah, used to melt, to, the bamboo. to melt the cellulose in the, uh, 
the weed wrappings they did to combine all the see that's bamboo the, and where where was more of that science that's one of my that was one of my favorite parts like that was cool being able to like my favorite part was the carbon shielding that was bad as hell dude i they, they make paper and then they just put like plastic in the, in between each layer which is funny because it's like you know that's it's similar to like how you know, carbon fibers made right. or Literally, know, ceramic layer. matrix composites. All those things are made that way. So do you, the little science that we did get in here. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. I right. didn't know shit about wobbler pistons. <laughs> I still don't know much about wobbler pistons. I but mean, it makes sense. I know but... as much as Dr. Stone gave me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that they, and they did set themselves up for really, really science heavy season three. Which is oh, yeah. good, which is great. Except I, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. So like, of course, season three they're talking about going overseas. Yeah, like, a boat is much easier to make than a fucking tank. You already have a steam engine. Like right? you're like, already good to go. Good. Yeah, right. So they they've already overshot. That's the, what I'm saying. The science it's level. like seems like it'd be too easy now, like going reverting, unless they're gonna make like a legit like ironclad. They must have to, right? You're not talking about a but river. Why or make a, an like, ironclad? I there's nobody out there to attack you. It's more just endurance thing, right? You if you're like it needs to be something that can get there and back. Or just there, right? But it has to make it all the way across. So an ironclad style boat just for the endurance of a transatlantic or pacific trip right i'm wondering so they showed a picture of like a like a like a normal frigate yeah but i'm almost wondering if he doesn't make like a titanic-esque like steamboat i think that he's gonna have he has all these people now he has the might and the science now i think he can make some bigger ass projects and but it's it wasn't so much that that i'm curious about it's the declaration of what he wanted to give Tsukasa at the end of this season that sets it up in a really big way because they say, all right, we learned some new stuff about petrification that can we can use to our advantage, but in order to use it, we need to be able to essentially solve the central problem to reverse all this. And that was not the declaration I was expecting to hear out of Senku as a guy who's going step by step. That's just finish line now. Like, I will say, you know, one thing I thought I was really like kind of frustrated with it was they kept saying this world can't sustain seven billion people or whatever. And my question to them would be, do you think we're going to be able to revive all seven billion people immediately? Like, we've got time to figure this out, dummies. That's, but that's what I'm saying, right? Him saying that, I'm like, that wasn't very scientific. That was very much a... Well, because that was... No, that was the Might team was saying all that, basically. Right, okay, yeah, That yeah. was their, like, reasoning why they wanted to pick selected few and stuff like that. And it's like, are you guys using your brains? You can't revive all of them. Even if you only revived everyone in Japan, what is that? Like a hundred million max? Maybe. Maybe that. Right. I would be surprised if that was even close. We can cut it to fifty and it's still an insane number, yeah. right? And I, I, that's the one thing that kind of got me <laughs> pretty worked up is like you guys are actively not using your brains about the execution of this, you know, it's weirdly a philosophy from a good place, but you are going way about it wrong like way way wrong selectively bringing people back online that's cool breaking people down that's bad 
but <laughs> like <laughs> that's not great. I will say like they gave Sukasa a lot more like feeling this this season, which I was actually kind of okay with. I'm cool with that too. It, like though, knowing like all the names of all the people that died on the mission with Yoga. That was really cool. Like I was like, okay, he's a good leader at least. And then it, him remembering every place that he smashed a, like a human, I was like, damn, bro. Yeah, like this stuff doesn't weigh light on him, right? He knows what he's doing takes like real. Like said, somebody's got to play God, and I decided to take that burden on myself. I was like, all right, you know, fair enough. Wow, yeah, you no. Know, honestly? It, they did a lot of work to flesh him his character out. He did what I wish they would have done for like Rogoku and like the Demon Slayer stuff because... They gave him the screen presence to make when the end of the season happened. I definitely felt sympathetic and like I actually didn't want to see that character gone now that I kind of understand more of his psyche and that he understands that like almost kind of like Senku, his idea for a new world is not a light task. Like this is a lofty, ambitious goal. Yeah. And he understands that. So. Well, I think reviving his sister is going to provide, you know, say he hadn't had his issues. Right. Would have exactly. provided him with more grounding toward humanity, right? Yes. I think it's easier to think of yourself as this martyr and this, like, you know, I'm just so above humanity in some regards when you're just like an absolute freak and oh. you don't have anything tying you to humanity. Yes, right? exactly. And so. I think that was a lot of his problems from like a just like pure character standpoint. Plus, like, you know, being unable to save his sister all those years and then now having potentially the power to save a bunch of people. Right. Right. I, I can understand how he, he got like slightly off track. What I don't understand is he's like the most flippy floppy guy on earth. Like, and here's where his. Yeah. I mean, come we're just going right. to jump in now. Uh, basically, he comes out and he's like, I'm sorry I betrayed you, Senku. And it's like, guys, he killed you. He literally murdered yeah, you. We should try with to pump no some remorse. Breaks. With no remorse. And my question is, why the fuck did he do that when he needed him to revive his sister? Hello? Right. And and here's the thing, right? Is that I think I'm I was thinking about it and all this sympathetic stuff, while it landed and it was well executed, it felt like an not an afterthought, but for that particular arc for the Stone Wars, it was all in service of getting us to be sympathetic about him. Otherwise, he would have been that stone cold, methodical leader, like, you know, might Empire of Mike King. But they were like, well, our plan for him is to be basically chronoed and saved uh, using petrification, kind of the reverse order. So we need to, as a character in a narrative, we need to make him feel. Now that he's going away from the screen, why would Senku give a shit? And they kind of slapped a little bit of this on. So it did. Okay, it felt it felt genuine. Like it did. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like Senku clearly does like him. Right. I don't. I don't think that part really makes sense. He shouldn't. It, like, right. The dude killed you. Like, let's just be on. You know, let's be straight and narrow. Say here. it louder for people in the back. He Tsukasa killed, killed <laughs> your ass, dude. He broke your fucking neck. Taiju's down again. He's like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, uh, everyone's just cool uh, with him now. Yurizuha Yurizuha. Is chilling. Yeah. And so, uh, Kohaku even. It's like, it just doesn't make sense how they just like all accepted him, accepted him in so quickly after literally going to war with him uh, like literally an episode prior. Right. And, and I, I can understand like 
you know, maybe some of the connection that Sinku and him have. Yes. They did like it was literally him and him, Sinku and Taiju, right? Like starting this world together. Yeah. And the when you said flippy floppy, that was probably the best way to put it because it felt as though from a narrative standpoint, Tsukasa was the antagonist, the anti-hero when they needed him to be certain things. They needed him to be cold-blooded, fucking kill Senku. They needed him to be sympathetic, they gave him a sister and they made sure he remembered all the names. Like he the flippy floppy wasn't because they weren't thinking. He's a ditto. He'll just He's transforming into just whatever, whatever they, they needed at the time. Everything else around him fit, but then he's kind of this weird glue to keep the things driving because say you didn't have Sukasa at all as a character. You almost have the show that you want, right? Is that survival, straight survival science show. But does that land with everybody? Would it be a commercial success if that's all it was? You basically then would have like a cells at work situation. It's basically biology. It's basically just science. That's what you have. So I mean, I've watched every freaking survival show on YouTube. And pr- primitive you technology? Yeah. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand it. And that's our wheelhouse. But it's almost the kind of thing we were talking about lately with like Netflix animes, right? Is that kind of like the Yasuke, like if it was a straight story about him without any of the stuff that was added, we would be in for it and we would agree that it'd be a subjectively maybe objectively a better show but it wouldn't have wide appeal dr stone season two kind of felt like that they wanted to give a little bit more robustness to it and it worked here and there i I, I, for better or worse they gave it more of a human angle but um i I think they they realized it because at the end of the season we're back to mad science baby we have to it just you know, one of the biggest struggles is when you make one side just have absolute freak of nature human beings. Right. Like, any any solution that doesn't involve killing them is going to feel either empty or just like, okay. Contrived. Contrived, yeah. right, yeah. Like, that, Kohaku's insane, but she's no Tsukasa and she's no Hyoga. Like, but they had samurai swords, which should absolutely obliterate their sword weapons. Like, come on. They have every option to be able to just mow these people down. They had a but tank. They had a tank. <laughs> they had the gorilla car. The tank. Which I just, I, I have to say this. I can understand why they went from they had the wooden wheels at first. Yes. Then they went to the the NASA airless tire wheels, which yeah. were lit. That's and then they awesome. Put the shitty tires back on later. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't you just stay with those so that when you ran over traps, you'd be chilling? Yeah, you already had the design. Why would you backtrack? It's kind of what you were saying with the boat too. You've already gone to yeah. carbon fiber and airless NASA level tech. Now we're going to go back to a boat. Those carbon like plates, we could probably make. We could if probably make those. All we have those. to do is get a bunch of weeds, do the set. <laughs> they literally, Mecha Senku came up and told us how to do it at home. Thank you, Mecha Senku. I've been, I was missing that boy. Yeah, and maybe he got, I will. Maybe, you know what, Mecha Senku? I think I will make carbon yeah. fiber in the home. Um, but yes, I mean, <laughs> in the end, we have. Then we'll stab it with my, <laughs> my sword over there. <laughs> yes. Oh, hell yeah. We'll see if it actually works. Um, so you have, a, you have this antagonist that, once he got more screen time, felt kind of this wishy-washy, w- was what he needed to be in the moments that were convenient kind of character. Um, but I guess he did elevate the story to something cohesive. I mean, without him, you just have a you know Project of the Week story. Eh. 
I don't know. But that's that's the funniest part, right? Is you just said they gave him this app, these people absolute freak beast abilities and made them a hurdle to climb over, which is the most confusing part to me. Is rebuilding society not enough of a hurdle to keep the show interesting for multi seasons, right? Why think, would you have to add him? So I think, you know, the good thing about him, you know, them being there the other side is it gave them like essentially hardcore deadlines to finish technologies that were directly useful. Ooh, essentially that's just a good in point. time, just in time invention, so to speak. Yep. To try to solve exact issues they had. But you can get those with like bit by a snake. Well, we need to make an anti-venom ASAP. And right there, right? You could you can write a, a myriad of ways. Like um Ryu Sickness. Like Ria Ryu. I keep forgetting names again. I think um, she's Ruri. Ruri? Okay. Like, like R-U-R-I. Her illness. Pneumonia. Was a perfect example. Exactly. Because it, it did a couple of things. It it proves science's legit legitimacy to these primitive folk. It made Senku not just valuable but it got him a wife it got him a wife baby yeah you got like a absolute smoke show wife and then divorced her immediately which again baller move <laughs> yeah real honestly, galaxy brain play oh <laughs> um, and and it, it basically it added a deadline in the context of the story that would make a lot of sense it's a primitive world and ammonia is basically a huge fucking deal without the right medicine and it, right. it was for hundreds of years up to when we finally got antibiotics Thousands, even thousands, if you will, because I will potentially Be- millions. Who who's counting? I mean, who's counting? Dinosaur ammonia. I heard yeah. it's just you know through the Jurassic Park grapevine. <laughs> oh, there's a grapevine. Yeah, I heard right. that a Velociraptor died of pneumonia every second for the you know year of every second. What is it? Ninety-seven million years ago. I yeah, believe. that sounds about right. Yeah, 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 you could be saying anything right now, and you're like, yeah, yeah, they, and they all caught pneumonia uh, every second, huh? Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. So I want now I know what they went instinct. So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's actually what happened. That, that, hey, it wasn't a meteor. It was pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. You're learning stuff on the podcast. You're learning stuff in the lab. That's what we're here. More wrinkles? Listen, Dan. Keep listening. 3.5 wrinkles per episode on average. <laughs> Mileage may vary. But nine out of ten dentists agree. And that last one's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's because I stepped on his foot once in high school. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly enough that's all true (laughs) but all that being said you could write you know the obstacles of not having society and you know things that modern society we kind of take a little for granted or not maybe for granted but they just aren't as big of problems anymore become life culture threatening issues like a small plague is a big deal then but now we got everything we need for that so what I see, Sukasa, actually, it's not a challenge to be overcome. It's a challenge to philosophy. Like we kind of start started out. That's that's really kind of why he's there. The philosophy of science would go unchallenged, unmatched, no conflict there if he wasn't there. And it's just, yeah, science the fucking best. So without Sukasa, you don't have that extra commentary on top of it. Yeah, I just I don't view Sinku as the type of character who's pushing like science as the solution to everything i that sounds so stupid but no you're right though he, right he seems to like have a reverence for science but also not think it just solves every problem because it isn't the answer it is the mechanism by which you achieve the yeah. answer which is harmonious 
everyone benefits, right? And we all prosper because of science. Science itself isn't the prosperity. It, it takes is a, a village to make a adorable steam gorilla. And uh, banging ramen, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or ramen at all. But yeah, it really, it really is all that. It is the vehicle by which prosperity and human benefit is achieved where Sukasa basically says, no, science in and of itself is the root of the problem. It is the problem. It's not the vehicle. But that's the thing. He thinks that if there would be no science, there'd be no shitty world that he grew up in, right? Maybe that's misconstrued. Like, maybe he's just not seeing what mm, Senku sees, no, right? I think his point was people are shitheads, and so they use science in bad ways. Right. I don't think he was saying science is the blame for this. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. He's yep. just saying now that there isn't science, I am the strongest human being, and I will make them be right right do the right thing and and i think that's again fair point <laughs> fair point i guess if you're if you're basically the caveman saitama of this world then yeah of course it's going to be crazy for you to want others to have more artificial power than that but i think you know he basically said people inherently suck therefore science will be used to negative ends He's but not wrong, though. That's true. I, I guess that is true. But then if that is true, then Senku basically, but the, the logical end there, it's not a hard leap that then let's just not use science for, for bad. Let's just not do that and still have everyone prosper because that's what Senku's doing. Yeah, I think the problem that Ra arises, and this is what his point was, is if you revive a bunch of people that bring old world and this is why he was mindset selective. back in. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get the same kind of shit you used to have, right? But if you can start it from new, you, you build it with this Ishigami village from right. from scratch. You could potentially, you could like he wasn't necessarily against science, Sukasa, but that's right. What he was against was um, Senku's desire to bring everybody back, and he's like, we don't need that. Gotcha. Right. But he seemed to turn his back on science in general, despite being this super... I think that's the problem, right? He yeah. He apparently is a super genius scientist, but he doesn't make this work. Any. So the, the message it seemed to give off is that he thought... He, it felt like he yeah. thought science was the vehicle I for negativity. There. I don't so, know what was going on. So with that him. was a little that was a little confusing. Like, if you aren't turning your back on science, you just want to be more selective. That's fine but then you're keeping people in a primitive kind of state forever why though well why? i think that's the downside of his philosophy clearly right is yes you may be making things that end up hurting people at some point but you're also making stuff that will save people's lives yeah and so then the question is okay mr i want to play god yeah. you know which which matters more never letting anyone die or never letting anyone live when they could have lived right and I, and it's that right there is kind of it right you're you're seeing cracks in his philosophy because it's really he is remember biakia was pissed and cried like a little baby when they were dying from simple pneumonia right 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 and they're like we could have solved this in five days in modern time exactly and so, the difference is sukasa hasn't dealt with that yet yeah. He, like not being able to save somebody's life that could have been saved. 
And I think I think that's where if we're going to go forward with the show, I think that's where they have to take this now. It's a, it'd be a very powerful narrative weapon where not just showing Sukasa's philosophy breakdown in the face of some of these problems, which are a lot more readily available, right? Ammonia is one of them, right? If you're willing to turn your back on science, you now face the problem only science can solve. What what can you do there? What can you do? But I want to see that for Senku as well. They did that this season. There it is. They had right. Hyoga steal his dynamite and go blow up the cave. Right. So that's actually a different different flavor. That's a different flavor. It's when is science being actually used negatively, which the, the sick irony there is he used violence violence with science, which is exactly what Tsukasa didn't want. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the other thing is presented with a problem that science cannot solve. And what does Senku do? Name one. That's uh name uh, any problem science can solve. Oh shit. Uh I'm on the spot here, man. Uh I would say some kind of relate like infighting, like internal conflict within the Ishigami village. Like I would like when it's a human or much more human internal conflict problem. You can't science your way out of society's issues, right? Yeah. I think what's gonna be a struggle for them is when they start reviving you know, they revived a mangaka artist. Which I yeah. thought was interesting. That was pretty funny to give. He's like, ah, oh, shit! I missed my deadline by two thousand years. <laughs> yeah, that was um, funny. But you know, when they start reviving other types of scientists, right? Uh, Is there going to be dissent? Right, you know, right. Some people, because that's, I mean, that's what I deal with engineering all the time. Everyone thinks everyone else is a dipshit, and that we're always like have the right answer. Right. It's so just what, how it is. What happens when you have you know different scientists? Then you basically have different players in the power system. Right now, we have one, yes. maybe two users of that power system, which is just science. What happens when other people are up and at them? That's yeah. what I'm wondering. That's, that's going to be a, a big time conflict. Not a bad now, and you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have your wars and still have your science because you can have other people bring different sciences to the table. What I think is going to happen is yeah. they're going to be a they're going to revive a bunch of scientists and they're going to like go create their own kingdoms too. Yeah, and then it's going to be like a real who science is better right like who's gonna who can launch into new centuries quicker and who can like redo all this stuff of course senku is like stoopy stoopy smart yeah like so like i'm not really sure who could possibly stand up to him well he's gonna and i know if that happens he's gonna fight for collaboration because that is the heart of science right you do something you have a theory you test it if it works other people have to test it right that's how it's got to go but other people are going to be like, no, nah, fuck you. Kingdom of Science 2.0, we're over here making whatever, right? Guns, like actual gun guns. And like, well, that's not what we wanted to try, but here we are. Yeah, I just think he's at a really hot, like he's at a crazy advantage so far time-wise. Yes. So unless somebody else is just like miraculously woken up as a scientist somewhere else. That's fair. Which is possible, of course. That'd be a really easy twist too. Imagine if like when- someone else made a boat. What I really want yeah. is little pockets of places that either didn't die out or, you know, had s- not similar si- situations to Ishigami Village, but like for some reason people weren't petrified in certain spots. And then that oh, still it, yeah. like existed. Of yeah. course, they don't have access to anything else because internet, all that stuff all died off, of course. Right. But maybe like 
a town that was able to keep their hydroelectric dam going or whatever. And they'd still have the ability somehow to turn on some generators or something. I just shit. think it'd be cool because then they'd walk in and they'd cool. be like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? You guys, you guys have cotton candy? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> what do you guys, is that a tank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, we got to do it to them. Season two, numbers wise. So it wasn't the 10 that season one was. Season one was like mid to high nines for sure in my, in my book. Easy got, 10 for me. Like, yeah, right, fair she? enough. Fair enough. I'm going to give it 81. Maybe a little high, but I sat on I sat on the season a hot minute, and I think it used to be like a 75-ish, and I thought more about it. It has a lot to say. It's not a science season I wanted, but it's got a lot more heart. So I think 81 is good. It's still very clean, very good time, um, some good moments, but uh, not as good as first season. Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll give it an 8. Uh, oh okay yeah you know i hate it a lot eight, more co- than eight you. coca-colas out of ten yeah eight, yeah. eight uh colas yeah um i don't know i i think the biggest problem that i'm having you know as i sit here is sukasa's just flippy floppiness seems like so ridiculous and then him like if he was willing to just join Sinku at any point as long as he helped him get his sister it feels like that should have been mentioned like episode three yeah, that could have been first season. That could have so been so we knew that that was existed. Yes, that and that could have acted as an engaging central pivot for the overall mission for the season too. Right, the war that'd be a great subversion. War ends quickly because we kind of get Sukasa's main overarching motive, and Senku's like, okay, ceasefire. I'm going to do this. It just happened way too late way too late for me yeah and i know they did it because they wanted to show that the regenerative the regenerative oh that's a tough that's word regenerative regenerative yeah uh wow um anyway regenerative uh abilities of the depetrification process this is not an easy sentence it is it's not an easy sentence um, they're not they're not sensu beans they're senku beans yeah. <laughs> no but like so they had to show that senku's neck is broken and then fixed right which is cool. Right. But that's the only reason that waking up his sister would even help her. Right. And so they had to show that. And the only way to do that is like not have him know about it and not have him just fix the problem originally. Right. But for me, what really sold the season it was very much at the Senku's declaration at the end, where basically Sukasa gets stabbed, uh, kind of protecting, uh, is it Hyoga? I think. I don't know who. But, um, no, his sister Miriai. That's right. From from a spear from Glasses Boy, uh, Genku, I think his name is. Uh, or, no, no. Who, who's the he guy with glasses? Him from Hyoga. That's right. Hyoga stabbed and or uh, whatever that kid's that's... name from Jujutsu Kaisen with the shit on his mouth because he looked identical. Oh, um, be- a bento flake, bento box kid, bento, uh, bento, bonito uh, flake, salmon, um, but yes. salmon roll, <laughs> salmon roll. Uh, but yeah, so. You get stabbed, like, okay, we're going to re-petrify you and then unpetrify you, but we don't know enough about petrification for that to work, so we got to figure this shit out. That's my declaration. We're going to solve the issue. Like, well, shit, okay. That's, wow, that makes season three way more banging. Yeah, but I think it's the same thing as season one. In a lesser degree, season two, right? They're trying to give them, like, a deadline. Yes. They can't leave this guy on ice forever. Right. And it, that's how the show goes, right? Right, you which need is to have, fine. No, that's the that's the right way to do it. I just think they didn't do it enough or in the right ways that were engaging 
here, right? Now, all all the shit I said about Sukasa, I don't know how, but I still really care about the fucking guy. Right. And like, it made me feel for him like crazy. Because they never they never even set him up to be like a megalomaniac. They never set him up to be sociopathic. He's just a guy with a very clear vision for how he wants the world to be and circumstances and the power to execute this plan. And it all tracked. It never. He never was a bad guy. He was just overzealous in his very narrow-minded plan. But it makes you think: What if he had just stayed with them to begin with? They'd gone right. to Shigami Village. They had essentially taken that over instantly, and then they'd be like way farther ahead. Right. And I think that's just: Did he really not know he was alive? Really? He, he that, knew he was alive. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Yeah. He. That's what I'm saying. There is that weird belief that like he doesn't know I'm alive yet. Blah blah blah. Mm. Mm, yeah, he this did. guy supposedly has freaking has Spidey three thousand so IQ. Yeah, <laughs> like he's literally using the force right now to know that you're coming on a t- with a tank. Like what? Yeah, so you didn't you didn't even conceive that he was even alive, but the, and yet you're already like forty chessing our Senku's ass. Really? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't track. So yeah, it gets some marks for some weird contrived story beats, but overall, I had a good time. It landed really well. I think, you know, it hobbled through the middle of that season, but it landed on its two feet in the end. I agree. The middle yeah. was rough. Middle was rough, but it... I'd say episode four to like six was pretty terrible. It was pretty bad. It, when they finally got on campus of the Empire of Might, everything started to kind of lock into Agreed. place. Yeah. So, I go watch it. Like, it's still a great for show. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, Plus, season three seems like it's going to be they have all, exactly what I want. Yes, they have all the tools. They got a slap. The slap in uh, deadline. They have a good motive. Uh, they have Senku on their side and an entire new squad of muscle. So the project just got bigger. He can be uh, much more exhilarated. You know, ten billion percent gonna yeah. be a, gonna be an ironclad ship. That'd be dope. <laughs> I want a battleship. I want a battleship. That's what I want. Yeah. I don't know why you'd do that. There's nobody to battle, but just to, <laughs> just fuck be. it up. Just to fuck it up. Um, I want an airplane too. That'd be dope. That's what I thought they were going to build because yeah. I'm like, that seems like the logical step up. Yeah. You, know, and you can not... literally go up and see, right? Yeah. And you can go see where people are. I don't know how the hell they'd power that. He could figure it out. Steam. Uh, or they can do like a hot air balloon. They have dynamite. They can go down and get oil. Damn, you're right. You're right. Let's build an airplane. Let's just us build an airplane. We could do that. We already you know just what? let fuck, fuck it. it. Let's just build an airplane. <laughs> We're gonna go do that though. But thank y'all for coming to class. <laughs> and um, until we crash into uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was a gonna fiery get there. grave next time. Yeah, right. Uh, all links in the description. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Hello, YouTube gang. I do have all the videos rendered, Ethan. By the way, I'm hell just, yeah. Bro. Th- this coming week, it's gonna be like one a day. Just pop them out from like 103 on or 100 onward. Um, yeah. Uh, Find us anywhere, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere in between. All other links of socials and stuff in the description of all the podcasts and the YouTube and everything like that. Um, Want to give us a little Patreon love only if you can. Patreon.com slash Shibology. $1 and up gets you into our Discord with all of our past fans and our patron guests. I mean, uh, students. Whoops. Fumbled that one. $3 and up gets you the syllabus sidebar. Our lo-fi, high vibe, sometimes anime, sometimes not, sometimes visual side content where we do things like play GeoGuessr, do tier lists and talk about shit. Talk about shit and stuff and stuff and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now we get to go build an airplane and crash right out of the yeah, sky. Right out of the sky. Just absolutely flew too close to the sun. And until we <laughs> conclude that aviation nightmare, I'm Ricky. Bye.
And I'm Ethan. And this is Dewey Bology. <laughs> deuces. I know. Absolute deuces. I, I shouldn't hit you when you're mid-sip. <laughs>